0: I just sent off a tweet inviting you guys all to join the room, so hopefully we get some more interaction from the fans um, shortly. Already seeing a couple of people join the room, welcome to all those of you who are joining us. This is another locker room session. Uh, I am your host, Jahans Maniga host of the uh, Welcome to the J podcast on the Fielder 68 Media Network. Make sure to like and subscribe, you guys. Obviously, you've heard the news that we're moving over to the locker room app for free and post-game conversations with fans. So this is me, once again, inviting you guys to tell a friend and and to let them know that we are on here. We will be sharing our opinions on what we just saw and today what we just saw. Something I'm sure all Crane fans around the nation are extremely excited and happy about the Jays beat the number fifth ranked Villanova Wildcats, 86 to 70 at home at the Shy Health Center in Omaha, Nebraska, where let's be honest, the boys looked focused, they looked prepared, they looked hungry, they looked like they were ready to win a ball game from Tip. And that's the kind of concentration that I know Korean fans have been waiting to see from the boys. Uh, I myself have seen ups and downs throughout the season. Uh, Sometimes their offense is clicking on all cylinders. Sometimes they can't buy a basket. Sometimes their defense is on point with all the rotations and their communication. And sometimes they're letting guys score at will. So today I would say is the most complete game that we saw the Korean Blue Jays play, in my opinion, from the very start, you could see that the energy was there, that the focus was there, uh, and f- what a first half for Marcus Zagorowski. 17 points, three rebounds in the first half. He looked like a man possessed for a lot of that first half. Coach Mack's pet play, where he comes off a handoff with Christian Bishop, where he has the option to turn a corner step back, take his uh, three-point shot, or keep attacking, float it up there for Christian to clean it up at the rim. They ran out a few times to perfection, and they basically got whatever they wanted out of that, and they got those two guys started, especially in the first half. But if I have to be critical, which I feel like I I have to be, offensive rebounds at the very beginning of the games, uh, of today's game, I should say, was something that we have spoken about before in the past, that we wanted to see uh, the Jays limit as much as they possibly could. Before the first media timeout, I counted at least four offensive rebounds from Villanova, giving them second chance opportunities that they didn't necessarily capitalize on early on. But still, the shot chart shows that before the first media timeout, Villanova basically had... Almost twice as many shots as Creighton did. And that's never a recipe for success. So I'm glad as the game went on, box outs were a lot stronger. Uh, You saw Damian Jefferson, especially early on in the game, imploring his guys to get bodies on bodies, go after defensive rebounds so that they could establish their pace. And that is exactly what they did as the first half continued on. Just... Beautiful defense, beautiful rotations, great communication, not falling for shot fake, Uh, staying true to their defensive principles, keeping their hands up and away from defenders, showing the referee or from the offensive players, showing the referees their hands as well. Whenever Villanova tried to drive into the lane and and create contact. Uh, (laughs) We already have our first comment from Crane Blue Jay fan. Words can't describe how hyped I am right now. (laughs) We all are, (laughs) believe me. Uh, we all are. This is a game that we really wanted to see. Uh, we really wanted to see how how they would respond playing against such a good team, such a well-coached team. Being, you know, I, I played against the Wildcats twice my senior year. Obviously, that was our first year in the Big East. We have a tremendous amount of respect for that program and what they look like uh, from, you know, obviously, Jay Wright has a tremendous job of, of building that program up. I know growing up as a kid, it was one of the schools that I always was watching because of where I was located. I watched a lot of Big East games growing up. So I just, as a as a former player uh, for the Jays, obviously as a fan right now, I have a lot of respect for that program. So when you have a program that has been so successful, who played the right way, they share the ball, uh, their fundamentals are on point. Everybody can pass, shoot, and dribble on that team. They're ranked number five in the nation. You have them at home. It's important to really step your foot on the gas and, and really set the tone early on. And I think that's exactly what the boys were able to do. And I'm so very happy that as the first half went on, their box outs got cleaner. They were able to establish their place. their pace. Obviously, I spoke about Marcus Zagorowski kind of taking over and leading the charge in the first half, especially when guys were still trying to, um, you know, get their feet wet and and get themselves involved into the game. We had key contributions from the bench, maybe not on the box score, but the bench's job today was really to just maintain the pace, maintain, um, you know, the attitude that the Jays came out with, and they most certainly did that. Um, everyone that stepped onto the floor had a positive impact on the game and that's obviously beautiful to see. The Jays were able to go nine deep today and for the most part, Villanova only kept their rotations to about seven guys. So advantage Jays if you want to talk about that aspect of the game. But yeah, it's just just a tremendous game overall. Uh, Let's talk about the second half a little bit where for the first four minutes, Denzel... Really, that that was his main contribution to the game when at first, you know, the Jays kind of took a, a minor step back. Denzel really stepped up, scored a quick seven points in order to keep the Jays uh, not afloat because they're already up, but in order to maintain the momentum that they had uh, in the first half. And then before you know it, it was the Mitch Ballack show. I have, So I have two older brothers who, I don't know if they did this on purpose. I don't think they did. I think I know, they, I know they still watch games and all that stuff, but literally two minutes apart, they both said to me, Mitch Ballack has a ratchet, <laughs> which in our household means that dude is an absolute shooter. Like, literally, I think he might have made two in a row, obviously. So my oldest brother hit me up first, and he said it then my other brother hit me up. And it was just so funny that literally, like, I'm not sure if they were talking at the time but that is their impression of what they saw today because of how hot Mitch got and my only reply to him was like have you guys been watching have you guys been paying attention this is the kind of stuff that I've been talking about obviously uh on my podcast in these locker room sessions whenever I've had a chance to do them is that Mitch's contribution to the Jays is not only how hot he can get, how well he can shoot and all that stuff, but it's really the attention that he garners on every offensive trip. You have to account for him on every single offensive trip. I talked earlier about Coach Max pet play with the handoff to Zagorowski where he has the option to attack or to throw up laws for a Christian, which worked three, four times tonight. That only happens because guys are so scared to leave Mitch on the backside that they're not going to rotate off of him. That's a layup for him as a three point shot. So uh, they just simply don't want to leave Mitch. It creates stuff for Marcus, it creates stuff for Christian in this case today. Um, but man, when a shooter loses their conscience like that, it's one of the most beautiful things to see eerily similar to what Ethan did to start the game at Villanova all those years ago. I had that same kind of feeling watching Mitch today for about three and a half to four minute span where to the last one that he hit when Marcus had nowhere to go. Great defense by the Villanova guard. They were switching everything. The shot clock is winding down three, two. Marcus flips it back to Mitch and without even thinking about it he just kind of flicks up a shot which in my opinion wasn't even his natural shooting stroke but he's such a good shooter that he made that adjustment and the ball just splashed in the camera pans over to the bench and they're doing the we are not worthy (laughs) celebration (laughs) which at that point I realized this game is over I think it put him up 19 at that point Um, but such an unbelievable you know what that's hyperbole unbelievable performance in second half by mitch that's hyperbole mitch did what mitch can absolutely do when he gets into a rhythm and you know good on the boys to continue to realize that he's the hot hand and to feed him i'm sure jay Wright is going to talk to his players about never leaving mitch that open again you know they are going to play each other soon enough um in that second matchup in uh, in Philadelphia. But I remember when Ethan did all those things that he did at Nova. the next time you're right, make sure that Ethan didn't do any of that in Omaha. And that's when we had, obviously, Doug, I think, had a 40-plus point game. Um, so in the next matchup between those two teams, I wouldn't be shocked at all if uh, Mitch is literally, as Avery said on the pod, if his hand is held no matter where he goes onto the court, which... Obviously, he deserves that kind of attention. He's he's a great shooter. He's a great player. He's a heady player, too, where he won't force a three. He There's a couple of times I thought he should have still shot it. He gave it up because he thought his teammates had better shots. And there was one instance where he literally just caught it and swung the ball as quickly as he could because he understood a hard close that was coming, got all the way to the basket for an uncontested uh, layup. So he's a smart, heady player. Obviously, he's a senior. Uh, he's been around the block a few times. So those are the type of big games that we expect. Um, from Mitch and then I just I love I absolutely love seeing Christian Bishop being a key contributor seeing Damian Jefferson continue his consistent play Um, this was a truly a team effort Uh, obviously the star of the show in the first half especially was Marcus but he was the star of the show today Mitch with a great second half performance to continue to build the lead and to hit some key shots that forced timeouts and that really, you know, cemented the fact that the games had con- that that the Jays had control of the game and that the flow and the pace was exactly to the Jays liking. So good on Mitch, good on Marcus, but it's it's lovely to see Christian and DJ continue their stellar play, uh their consistent play. More of that is going to be needed. Um as as the season goes on. So again, it's just a, today was a really good game. It's it's the game that the Jays fans have been eager to see a full, complete offensive and defensive game, uh, where the Jays control tempo, they control the style. Uh, their key players made key plays in key moments. Their star player uh, rose up to the level that we all know he can play at, uh, that we've been waiting for him to play at. So it's very exciting to see Marcus when he gets into a rhythm because there's a bounce to his step that is different, obviously, from games where he might come out and he might struggle early on. Today, his bounce was great the whole time. He... It has the ball on the string, he can get to whatever spot that he wants. He can get inside, pump it, go up and under on you. He could go transition three if he wants to. He could throw bluffs to Christian. He could do kickouts to Mitch, uh Denzel, DJ. He he did it all today. So it's certainly something that I'm sure J fans are eager to see continue. And I myself as a fan now I'm I'm eager to see it as well. For the guys who are in the chat, I'd like to know what your thoughts are. You know, give me some of your, uh, you know, questions, comments about the game. Did you like what you saw? I'm sure you did, obviously, or you wouldn't be Jays fans. And you probably wouldn't be listening to me right after a game. So, all right, perfect. We have a question uh, from, again, Crane Blue Jay fans. Since we have nine days off after this, do you think we can continue this rhythm or we will maybe schedule an additional additional game. Uh that's a good question. Um obviously after a game like this you don't want to see uh maybe kind of a break. Um I know when you come off of a loss the best thing that can happen is when you have a quick game um just so that you know you don't pay too much attention to the loss, you obviously, you do your due diligence, you do your film study, you try to get better and understand the things that you did wrong and how you can improve. But as far as when you win a game, uh, I don't know if it's going to affect the guys too too much. Obviously, nine games, or nine days, I should say, is a considerable amount of time, especially with, you know, in, in the middle of a college basketball season. But the reason that I think the guys had... Um, such an effective game today if you guys had a chance to watch the media availability of Coach Mack and Marcus Zagorowski a couple of days ago they were talking about paying attention to details, holding each other accountable, trying to get better every day, understanding that it's a weird year but that uh, you just have to show up every day and do the best that you can in order to help the team achieve its goals so nine days is a really long time but I've said it before. I'll say it again. I trust Coach Mack. I trust the the coaching staff. Those guys are obviously uh, great at what they do. Uh, they're very intelligent men. Uh, they know how to lead a group of young men, and I'm sure they're going to devise a plan that's going to keep the guys as sharp as they can be going into the next game. And As long as the guys approach it with the same mentality that they had this past week preparing for Villanova, then I have no fear that this nine days without a game is going to, you know, diminish their play a little bit. Um, Like I said, hearing Marcus speak in that uh, media availability, he was talking about, you know, getting better day by day, understanding that it's it's a weird time, uh, that, you know, um, their job is just to show up and, and try their best that they can. And, you know, little by little, they're continuing to build this, this team. And again, people have to realize that, you know, they're 15 and 5 coming into this game. In 20 games last year, when they were, when they won a share of the Big East regular season championship, they were 15 and 5 as well. So it's not a time to, you know, we, we obviously have high hopes for this team because of what they did last year. They, came, they brought back basically their entire group of guys minus Tyshawn, who I don't know if you guys saw. Is doing incredibly well in the G League right now and uh, putting in work. So good job, Tyshawn, on that. But not being able to bring that guy back and bringing the rest of the guys back, obviously we have high expectations for this team. So uh, that's I think that's why, as Crane fans, for whatever reason, we have a certain level of panic whenever we see them lose a single game. Which, actually, if you think about it from where we were before to where we are now, it's It's a high five and a pat on the back to, you know, the staff and what they've built. The expectations that they've created are really, really high. So, uh, obviously, when things, you know, if they have a bad game and they don't look as sharp as they should, then we worry automatically because we know every game basically uh, really, really matters in the standings and wanting to win the Big East regular season championship once again. Uh, understanding how good the other Big East teams are, that no game is a cakewalk. So all it is is our expectations. Uh, They won again against the number five team in the nation today. We're very much happy. There's no reason why we should think that, you know, this nine-day break should kill the mojo a little bit. Um, But alas, you know, it's something that people are, are obviously going to be wondering about. So. Thank you for the question, for that question, Korean Blue Jay fan. Um, and yeah, as far as you know, scheduling an additional game, I I don't know what the rules are, or you know what they're able to do with all of that. Obviously, I'd have to look that into it. So I don't want to speak out of ignorance. Um, but you know, it it obviously depends on you know what they're allowed to do as far as you know. Scheduling games during this time um, with with so many games either being canceled or rescheduled or we still don't know you know what may happen in the future so that's something that I'll certainly look into and I'll try to answer that question uh, next time. If you are just joining us, uh, this is just a recap on the Villanova Creighton game where the Jays beat the wildcats in Omaha, Nebraska, in front of a limited number of fans, um, which was pretty awesome to see and kind of good to hear. I've been kind of getting used to listening to all the communication on the floor, uh, watching the broadcast, because there are no fans in the stands. So pretty good to hear a pop every once in a while today when the boys went on a run. I saw as the guys were walking off, they, they were kind of waving to the fans, you know, in appreciation for those of uh, them that were able to be in the center being uh, loud and, and cheering them on. Obviously, it's tough to replace 18,000, but, you know, just like the players, the fans need to show up and do the best that they can too, right? <laughs> so um, it, it was just nice to hear. And, and I hope, obviously, that, you know, we're able to stay safe as we're inviting more and more people into the arena and that we are able to get a little bit closer to normalcy uh, because, you know, I would hate to be in these guys' shoes right now, especially the seniors who have devoted so much time uh, in their lives to their craft, who have earned the right to be in this spot where they get to play in such a big arena in front of the most amazing fans in the nation. And a year like this year is kind of taken away from them because of that. So, um, I, yeah, I hope that at the very least, as they're able to end their careers here shortly, which, you know, we're already in mid-February, I can't believe it, but uh that, you know, they're able to receive their flowers just like I was able to, just like all the seniors were able to before them uh because, you know, there's nothing like that senior year. And, you know, this has been a very, uh, Good group of guys, uh, guys who have been through a lot of battles, through through hard times, through really good times. Obviously, winning a Big East uh, or a share of the Big East regular season championship last year. It it would be awesome to see them get the send off that they deserve, and I'm sure the fans would love to, you know, give them their flowers while while they're still here, you know. So. Uh, yeah, it was good to hear the the crowd today. It was good to hear the pop every time something big happened. It was good to see the players' interaction uh you know for the first time, I think they felt a little bit more normal and you know that's always good to see um, and if anybody in the chat you know wants to get you can get on and and request to speak if you'd like to uh you could type in a question or a comment if you have it uh this is what the post game interactions are for is just to kind of hear your thoughts, your opinions. Uh, and again, don't forget to, you know, tell your friend to tell a friend to tell a friend that we are doing this on the Locker Room app um, in the post game, uh, Just as a chance to, you know, for, for the guys to get a chance to really talk to the host. Uh, I'm not, I'm obviously not the only person doing this. We have uh, the same guys who are doing all these podcasts for the Field of 68 Media Network representing their own schools are also on these, uh, post game, uh, shows as well. So, um, you you guys don't be bashful. Uh, just go ahead and, and ask away. If you have questions, if you have comments, just let me know. And you can certainly address them on this platform. Um, so now the boys have nine days off, uh, until their next game, uh, and hold on, I'm going to look it up real quick to see exactly who they're playing next. So I'm not giving misinformation out there. Uh, so their next game is DePaul at home. Okay. On the 25th. So yeah, a little bit of time before they're able to play their next game. Uh, we already had the question asked whether or not that's going to, you know, kind of kill the momentum, uh, and I said it before already that I just feel like I know this coaching staff, like I, I I know how well they're prepared, how hard they work. I'm sure they're gonna give the guys some time off tomorrow and then they're gonna be right back in, in business at the Championship Center uh on Monday, you know, to try and, and work some things out because like I said earlier on this locker room session, the thing that worries me the most about This year's team is the offensive rebounds. And for a team that is so experienced, who play really well together, that share the ball, that are unselfish, that communicate well, that do all these great things, that one deficiency is really one that is going to come back and bite them in the butt if they're not able to clean these things up. And, uh, you know, me as a casual fan now, (laughs) I guess you could call me, um, if I noticed it, I know 100% that the staff notices it. And I know that Coach Mack has these creative ways to drill those things. Um, you know, that's one of the things that you guys don't really get to see about Coach Mack is he's really good at drilling and drilling and drilling until those things, you know, transfer over to, to the court. You know, there's a reason why his teams are all um, known for being unselfish and playing the right way is because we dr- we have drills, specific drills that teach us, okay, in this situation, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what we would like to have happen. This is what Jay's basketball really looks like. So and just like he does in those instances, I'm sure he's going to drill and drill and drill and drill about you know boxing out, getting defensive rebounds in order to establish the, the pace that the boys are able to play at. And, you know, if they're able to clean up that part of the game, even a little bit, the sky is the limit for this team because a day like today really showed everything that they can do. It, they can really, really defend if they want to. They could really be unselfish and score plenty of points if they want to. They could hold a number five or a team that's ranked number five in the nation to, what was it today? To 70 points and beat him by 16 at home. That's, that's a great job. That's something that's very difficult to do. I don't know too many teams that's going to hold this Wildcat team to 70 points, especially uh, in the Big East. They like to run it up. The game right before that, they beat Marquette by 32. So, yeah, it's they they, did obviously a really, really good job uh, against them. Um, And that is the level that we would like to see them play at all times. But, again, they're only human. You know, they make mistakes. Uh, Not all games can look like this, but this is their ceiling if they have one. It's to be really sound defensively, showing their hands, not a lot of, you know, critical fouls, um, really disciplined, really great rotations defensively, at times getting defensive rebounds, pushing it up the floor, letting the star be a star. Marcus Zagorowski, whenever he felt it, he just pulled up his transition. Um, Letting all the complementary players be stars in their role. Uh, You know, obviously Denzel Mahoney didn't play like the Denzel that we we know that we've gonna cuss up to see, but when your team is performing that way, then you know, your leading scorer can afford to have a seven point game and, and still, you know, feel really good about themselves. The stuff that I saw Denzel do defensively today were great. There were he kept guys in front of him, he challenged every shot. He did it without fouling, he showed his hands, he was communicating. And then when he when he needed to be great for about two and a half three minutes, that's exactly what he was so um it's it's gonna be really interesting to see if they're able to continue that level of play in my opinion, I feel like they most certainly can and that they most certainly will um so yeah it's it's up to them to really continue that for the coaching staff to continue to push them and I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, the boys' next game against the uh, Paul team in a few days, in a week, and a little bit. This was the post game show on the locker room app uh, from myself, uh, Jahan Maniga, the host of the Welcome to the J podcast, presented by the Field of 68 Media Network. Again, don't forget to like and subscribe for a lot of Jay's content that we have coming up. Um, I had a great uh, podcast with Marcus Foster, who's overseas right now playing in Greece. Uh, We had a great conversation about, you know, his career uh, before Creighton, his career at Creighton, and obviously his career post-graduation, so. It was great to catch up with him. I've been having such a great time catching up with all the guys who have come on. I had another really great conversation with Josh Jones uh, last week. Uh, so you guys be on the lookout for that. Um, you can subscribe on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts um, to, you know, get all the content from the Welcome to the J podcast. Um, again, hosted by me, James Manica. So. I hope you guys have a great night. I hope you guys continue to stay safe. Uh, As always, go Jays and have a good night.